as host of Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Season 3, Episode 44. First, we want to thank all our Day 1 listeners and welcome to our new listeners. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you screenshot listening to the pod and put it on your story or tweet us, we'll send you a free Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast sticker. We're also on Patreon where you can become a member of the Mystical Coven of Bad Bitches and support us for as little as $5 a month and get exclusive content from our cocktail episodes. This podcast is made possible by you, so every contribution helps. Now, let's dive into this week's episode. All right. So, guys, it's the beginning of September. It is. Where the fuck did this year go? I don't know. B, where are you at right now? Give us a little, like, brief update on your life. Okay. We are sitting in my new apartment. New digs. New digs. We're still in Brooklyn, uh, but I am obsessed with it. I moved in from a friend, and I was subletting before, which, if anyone's ever subletted in New York, you know what a terrible fucking experience that is. Miserable. We feel your pain. So now I'm in, like, a like a 12-month fucking chokehold with this lease, but yes. I live in an amazing apartment. It's it's the good kind I know. of yeah. It's the good kind of chokehold. Yeah, Cupid's chokehold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I went from living with three random people I don't know to living with like one person who's been my friend for like over ten years. Um, so yeah, like really happy with that. Um, I'm still seeing H, and he's he got back from he was away for a month so we talked a little about that on mm-hmm. the last episode with analog sex versus digital sex and like doing long distance so we've gotten like a different set of issues now which you'll soon hear about uh as many but like yeah it's been really good to see him in general and like it's just also a bit bittersweet because he's leaving um but yeah it's been generally generally very stressful if anyone's ever moved you know how fucking stressful it is it takes over your entire life i have moved every year if not more than that since i moved to the city i've moved four times already in the space of three years so yeah i i can um I can empathize. I'll be moving again in another month and a half. So fuck me. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Um, But I am really happy to like kind of get everything sorted and like it's coming together because it's like not living in a furnished place before or at least like you're in your bedrooms only furnished. Now I'm like, okay, now I have to like furnish a living room and like find a sofa. But uh, Facebook Marketplace has been like amazing for me. Like I found so much shit. Facebook Marketplace is the unsung hero. Facebook, sponsor us. Just kidding. Please don't. (laughs) Well, there's Facebook dating now. I, I don't even want to know about that. Um, I B I agree with the outcome of your poll, which is I'll wait for that hype. I if I was single, I would be on Facebook dating. Why? Because we were on a dating podcast for research. I would do it. You do it for research purposes. But if you were really trying to find someone, would you actually use it? Yes. It's just another app. I know that apparently I know this only because you tweeted it. I know that apparently the promise is that they won't match you with any of your existing friends. Yes. I still, I don't want someone that's one level removed. That's why I never used Hinge back when they had their old, you know, algorithm. So. I don't know if it's a degree separation or it's just like. All Facebook users in your area. I I wonder how they're going to do the geography aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But also my thinking is like a lot of millennials are off of Facebook as their primary yeah. app. So especially dudes. So I don't know 
how many guys are going to be engaging with this platform. But yeah, no. And I agree as far as active people using it, but like, you know, I don't think a lot of people our age have necessarily deleted our Facebook. So they're still there. They're still maybe hearing somewhere in the realm of their life that there's a Facebook dating app. Um, So even if they're passive Facebook users, I wonder if they're automatically in the pool or if you like, do you have to be part of this service to be in the pool? Yeah, you have to sign up. Oh, well, then, especially in these early stages, like who the fuck is in there? Like, I'd be worried about what are the people I'm being matched with that are turning to Facebook as their source for, you know, dating activity. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm really interested to see how they do it and see how it develops. But if I was single, I definitely would be trying it. So that's all I got to say. Too bad you're not. <laughs> I know. I could be finding a new guy on Facebook as well as buying a new couch on Facebook Marketplace. Wow. <laughs> I could be doing it your all. Your one-stop shop for your life. <laughs> Literally. You um, could be finding new recipes via someone's aunt somewhere. You could really be doing it all on Facebook. Honestly. But, you know. but dude, I've like I found the sofa that I have from Urban Outfitters right now that is worth like a thousand dollars for $175. Wait, get out. Yeah. This big green comfy yeah. couch? Yeah. This big green comfy couch. It's velvet, guys. Like, it's amazing. Especially if you live in a major city that I've now started just finding things I like, finding the name of it, then Facebook Marketplace Googling it and like finding it for like half the price. Like if you know you like a piece from Ikea, you can go on Facebook Marketplace in New York City and put in that Ikea name and someone will be selling it at any given time. All right. Well, that helps me as I'm preparing to sell half the furniture I own. Well, yeah, there you go. Which is mostly from ikea yeah and it's all shit like you uh, the, the kind of like etiquette is you the person who's buying it has to pick it up so you right, don't do right. anything right you receive money someone comes to your fucking apartment picks up your shit picks it up, right easy you're not shipping it to anyone right no it's pretty sweet pretty sweet pretty sweet yeah so anyway you and nature are still together okay. amy and nature are still together um what's up with you l um r and i are still together we are like coming up on 10 months maybe it's 10 months already um his birthday is this weekend so i've been like jumping through hoops to plan a string of elaborate birthday surprises and planning him a surprise party um with all of his home friends i got him a whole assortment of presents one of which was delivered to his apartment yesterday with the description of the item on the box listen I can't control how pride works. You cannot make this shit up. It literally said on the outside exactly what it was. He sent me a picture and he's like, you're terrible at presents. Did he like it? Did he get the joke? He, yes, I saw him today and he was like, it was a very good present. I'm very sorry that the surprise was ruined. Oh, that's sweet. So he was like, I'm not going to actually open the box until you're with me. I was like, okay, fine. So... It's like, I'll pretend I'm surprised when you open it. I'm like, you're only pretending for me. And you just told me that you'd be pretending. So the jig is up. The jig is up. But thank you. What's on deck for his birthday weekend? So I planned him. So R's favorite thing is to be outdoors, somewhere waterfront where he can see the ocean or whatever body of water is closest. So Long Island. Um. Yeah, so Long Island. But, but we're not going to Long Island. We're staying in the city. We're going to Boat Basin on the Upper West Side. This episode will be out after his birthday. So I feel no 
qualms in uh, sharing that. Um, but I'm really yeah. excited about it. So I was trying, I was trying to find waterfront places in the city or, you know, generally the five boroughs, really the three boroughs, Manhattan, Queens, and Brooklyn, because I'm not going to fucking Staten Island or the Bronx. No. Um, and I wanted to go somewhere that he hadn't been before. So Boat Basin Cafe was like the perfect place for that. And they were like super like helpful and accommodating with setting it up. So I'm really excited. I'm praying that it doesn't rain. Um, and I think it's going to be a really awesome How thing that he's he not turning? expecting. Dirty 30. Oh my God. I know. It's fucking crazy. Um, which actually like begged the question of what his timeline is for life. We had that conversation recently. Really? Sort of. Um, really what the conversation was, was me saying, I realize that you're turning 30 and that a lot of your friends are getting engaged and married and might be like trying to settle down and buy a house and do all this shit. And I need to know if that's something that you're expecting in the near future. And Basically, his response to me was, you know, you're looking at all my friends who live on Long Island, enjoy living in the suburbs, and my life is very different than that. And I live in the city and look at my other friends who live in the city and no one is on that timeline. True. So don't worry, was basically what he said to me. Okay. But like, were you kind of hoping for an alternative? Honestly, yeah, I was. No, no, no. I wasn't hoping for an alternative. I was hoping for a more forthcoming conversation where he would say to me, I expect to be engaged in X amount of years and to have kids in X amount of years. Yeah, but guys don't think that way. And my biological clock is ticking. The fact that it's not in itself is very comforting to me because that was kind of my biggest fear. Yeah. So knowing that it's not even on his radar enough for him to define to me is a good outcome. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's good. all I could have asked for. Yeah, so you're not feeling any pressure. No, which right. is good. Yeah, yeah. so you've got some years to spare. Yeah, relatively I, compared to him. If I, he was a woman, he would be dead. I've got several, <laughs> yeah, I've got several years to spare. So, I'm joking. I mean, in short, our, yeah, listen, so, the late millennials who listen. Yeah, so here. in short, our relationship is going really well. Um, I'm moving into his apartment in a month and a half. Moving into his apartment, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, his lease is up five months before mine. So I'm moving in in the interim so that we can figure out our long-term plan, which is fucking scary. But he keeps assuring me we'll be fine. And it's like, it's very comforting and reassuring to know that he feels so secure about it. Yeah. And to be reassured by him. So in short, things are good. That's good. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into what we actually wanted to talk about this week. My friend training. Yeah. Obviously, why you're here, why you click this episode. I know. With it being the beginning of September, big back to school feels. And with that, we figured, you know, back to school, like, let's get some fucking education up in here. Yeah, we're going to go through the A, Bs, and Cs. So really, this episode is for you if you're recently in a relationship, guy or girl, and you're thinking, maybe, am I doing enough? Are they doing enough? And kind of like also the bumps that come with the expectations of a new relationship because I think what women expect and what men expect are very different and in general what everybody in a relationship expects I think as a base 
is different. I think a lot of it is based off your previous experiences in a relationship. Yeah. And it can be, but it's also like based on what you as your own individual person expect out of a relationship. So we talked about this a little bit and I think kind of like the first thing that we should touch upon is like this whole concept of boyfriend material. Yes. Like what the fuck is that? Mm. So be what for you, like, what do you think like a guy being boyfriend material really, what does that consist of? Okay. Someone described boyfriend material to me as like, Oh, that person's a like boyfriend material. I think that person is ready to commit. Um, they're very upfront and secure about their feelings towards you and like lets you know that uh often so you feel like okay like he really likes me because he tells me often um and I think he's just like really predicting your needs before you ask them to be delivered yeah you know like boyfriend material is just someone who's like comforting who like yeah senses and is attuned to what you want to do who's not super rigid in their ideals who's flexible who's willing to learn you know maybe you can say like good at cooking maybe you can say like good at like domesticated things like washing the dishes and you know good with your parents and great with your friends and you know just guys who aren't like into that strictly like, I'm a masculine dude like I have to adhere right. gender roles and it's like, all about me right no I think the most masculine sort of dude in my eyes is the ones that are so secure in their masculinity that they feel like confidently they can do those things for their like misses yeah but yeah I think you hit the nail on the head I mean the way that I would define someone who's boyfriend material is that he's you know emotionally available mm-hmm. he's in tune with his own emotions and willing to communicate those to you. He wants to know what your emotions are and wants to be able to pick up on them and understand them. Um, It's someone who, yeah, is like willing to make space in his life for you. So whether that be, you know, being flexible in his own patterns and, and habits and things like that, or just like, honestly, the baseline level of like making time for you. Um, being willing to compromise on things that like normally he would do if it were just him in the picture and then yeah everything else that comes with it so learning how to be that boyfriend that you want him to be how to interact with your friends family co-workers what have you and everyone else that's involved in your life like that's boyfriend material for me and I don't think that guys are born being boyfriend material I think that boyfriend material comes out of a number of things I think that like honestly for me and this might seem a little bit like prejudice but like I I grew up with two brothers and I feel like growing up like for them if I'm seeing it from their perspective like being young like men having a female sibling like they had to learn how to interface with a female like at a young age and how to communicate with them I feel like guys who have sisters like they just they grow up with that understanding of like what pisses a girl off and how to (laughs) you know like how to get through shit and like when I would have fights with my brothers like you know we'd fight and we'd battle it out and then afterwards like they would come apologize to me and like that kind of stuff like it's that kind of I don't know. It's that kind of knowledge that you don't have unless you grew up that way. But I think it's like, that's just one factor like of many 
And it's also like, you know, past relationships and it's, you know, a strong female presence in your presence in your life in general, whether it's a mother or, or a close female friend or what have you. True. But like having healthy things. female relationships at a young age is so fucking vitally important for I think men having healthy relationships with women later on. Yeah. Because women, it's so easy to see them as the other. Yeah. If like like for example, if you went to like an all boys school or an all girls school. You're, I think that's such a terrible idea for kids because oh, absolutely. the world isn't one sex, yeah. you know, and you're going to have to deal with people in a non-sexual manner. And I think that's what like having siblings does. I think that's what going to school classmates you fucking hate does, yeah. you know, you're dealing with people not just as like yes different genders but also like different personalities and like you know everyone expresses themselves in a certain way there's like women who are very like shy and there's there's women who are very like loud and I like my brother for example um he's really like attracted to like strong women but like also look at our family where my mom is really outspoken and so Mm -hmm. am I and he's the middle kid between like a younger sister and an older sister four years in either direction so like he has to you know understand but also like just the biologicalness of well just like I don't know it sounds weird but like growing up like in a household where someone has their period like little stuff like that absolutely you don't grow up like squeamish and like yeah caring about that shit it's like it's a fact of life to you yeah like my little brother like he grew up with an older sister who was very outspoken about her views and so you know he knows how to like debate over something that we're on very different sides of and maybe overstep his boundaries and say something that's a little hurtful as a result and then he knows how to suck it up afterwards and realize you know that's not how you speak to someone even when you disagree and to come apologize afterwards. Yeah. And like, you used to be, be a decent guy and not have a sister. Oh, absolutely. But I think that that might be like, if you did have that, that gives you that experience earlier on. But it's totally possible. You can totally have that the other way. <laughs> this totally reminds me of um, Big Thick Energy. Oh my god! Oh my god! I thought I would never hear that no code name again. This conversation reminds me because I think one of the last times we hung out, uh, he mentioned this guy was the biggest fuckboy ever. You know, was just hot and like definitely just Mm -hmm. wanted to fuck and empty and would never move an inch uh, or lift a finger to like get laid. He just like has girls delivered to him. Yeah, remember when he invited B over to have a drink and then didn't and suddenly was inviting him over to inviting her over to his apartment like like pussy on demand yeah literally so he said interesting enough that he didn't grow up with sisters Mm -hmm. and he had like an older brother and he didn't really have female presence growing up and i was like that explains a lot and it does explain explain a lot because you know he didn't have that relationship with women before so he kind of it's easier to objectify women when you don't know women. Right. You know, you don't have a close female friend or like a sibling or something like that. And like maybe even just having an older brother, like toxic masculinity is contagious. So if he had an older brother who objectified women, I'm sure that that rubbed off to him to some degree. And hearing that he felt like those were the, you know, that was what, uh, 
a male role model was for him. And, and, you know, I don't know big dick energy. I don't know his older brother, but I think that there's a possibility. I think there's also like an inherent competition between guys. Yeah. yeah. Where there's not that competition as readily between like a sister brother. Right. In that same way, because you're not competing for the same exact slot. Right. And there's the quote unquote like locker room talk where like guys may respect women, but the way that they the way that they talk about women to each other isn't always indicative of that in any way. Uh, I do also want to touch upon the mothers. Yeah. Uh, Freud theory, but like, no, I think it is two sides of a very sharp sword where it's like, you want a good mother, but then you don't want them to be too close to their mother. Yeah. And I think we've all been there where we dated a guy who like is such a mama's boy, but I rather have a mama's boy over any you know and another like yeah you know a toxic masculinity sort of dude i think it's really really good if you have a good relationship with your mom and i think most guys are kind of you know m- like what what i say mother's boys <laughs> yeah i um i was reading this thing on like attachment styles recently and there's like there are several different types but the ones that kind of stick out to me there's like anxious attachment where like you're so connected to someone that you're like kind of afraid that they're going to leave you. And those are like almost the mama's boys to me, the ones that feel like they need to constantly be close to their mothers and then constantly like, you know, maintain that above all else because I don't even know what it is, but they feel like if they alienate themselves from their mothers or displease them in some way, they might lose them. There's the um, avoidant, attachment style of you know guys who weren't loved by their mothers where they just like can't form connections with people because of that like there's a whole host of attachment styles that are very intimately connected to the way that someone was raised that's true and i think that relationships with mothers are really like kind of the key factor in a lot of those yeah and i've been watching a lot of mindhunter recently and all the serial killers always have some shit going on with their moms yeah you know so i'm saying if you don't love your mom you're a fucking serial killer yeah it's not too late remedy that connection <laughs> okay boyfriend training and cut and cut um so we broke down boyfriend training into four main training categories yeah four like classes yeah. as one may say four classes courses right, right. so um i'm gonna do a brief like these are the four and then we'll break it down yeah um, break it all down yeah so the first one is communication Second class is domestic slash living situation. Uh, third is social slash friend interactions and family interactions. And the last class is sex. Best All for right. last. First period. Ding, ding. Let's get it started. Communication. Communication. Welcome to class. Okay. So um, let's start with basic affection. Yeah. So I think communication is like, it's really... I mean, at least from my perspective, it's the source of like 90% of conflicts and, and of issues in relationship. So first, like basic affection. I mean, so there's the whole conversation to be had about love languages, which we've had so many times and understanding how people give and receive affection um, and, you know, what's really important to them in that way. And I think that the most really key thing you can take from that is identifying what's important to that specific person and then like knowing how to fulfill it. But like, this is a problem that R and I have had where like, I'm very much, um, a words of affirmation 
kind of person. Like that's my love language. And like, I need to be told how someone's feeling about me to be able to know really that we're like, that we're stable and that we're okay. And to, to understand how they're feeling. I need it to be spoken to me verbally. Um, R doesn't, I mean, we've talked about it many times, but he doesn't quite understand it for him. It's like, well, if nothing's wrong, then why do we need to talk about it? So we've had this conversation like a number of times. And it's like, for me, like if I'm not getting the basic affection of, I love you. You make me happy. I'm happy with this. This thing's going really well. I like when you do that, you know, that kind of stuff that I'm always wondering. Yeah. And I think I'm a little bit of a pessimist. So when I'm not hearing it, it's like my mind assumes that the default is that it's not there. Yeah. So that's like what's, I mean, as far as basic affection goes for me, like I need, you know, I'm the type of person that constantly needs to be, you know, I need to have it spelled out. I need to be told like that, the, that the affection is there. I feel like I could get told that way too much and, and it's annoying. Really? Uh, H always says how much he loves me. And I actually had to tell him you have to stop saying that so much because it's like sometimes it comes off as just saying it to fill the air in a room like or like a you know like a pause you know like I, and then sometimes like yeah every time someone says I love you you have to say it back and that's just yeah. tiring yeah I get that you know yeah. like don't say it like you know five times in an hour you know just tell me you love me you can be feeling it for sure but I think that's also if you do too much it loses its meaning in yeah, a way yeah absolutely yeah. No, I get that. Um, also, pet names. So this has been like a real interesting thing because H tried to call me baby at the beginning, and I just don't like that. I don't know why. I I, I think <laughs> I know exactly why, actually. So when I was stalking him, when we first started dating. One of the photos of his ex-girlfriend and him on her Instagram um she said she had like a caption and then he commented back like I love you baby which is such anyone can comment that on any relationship so thing so baby not babe not babe I love babe babe is totally fine for me but baby just run like rubs me the wrong way and I just don't know why and sometimes it slips out and I I think why I don't like it is that it's very whatever like it's almost like I forgot your name like I can call any girl baby you know and it's not specialized to me but how does that differ from babe I don't know I think babe just sounds better to me like I'm okay with yeah. babe but I'm not it's a personal pet, preference okay I totally get that um like, it's weird like R is not a pet name person he calls me um Lil L except L is my actual name <laughs> So he calls me that constantly. Wait, your little, even your real name? Lil, yeah. Okay. Lil, okay. my name. Okay. Um, and I think it's because, like, R just, like, likes to, I don't know, every time I have, like, a tummy ache, it's really cute to him. Every time I'm, like, upset about something, it's cute to him. When I'm happy, it's cute to him. Like, like I, I just think, like, I don't know, L is, like, kind of, like, it's babying me in, like, a, like, Lil whatever is, like, babying me in, like, a way. Yeah. So that's, like. It's sweet, but it's, but like, it's, it's just that that's all we really have. He never calls me babe really. 
I feel like that's just not his thing. Like he's not into like mm. anything other than that. I call him honey all the time. Mm, that's I like honey. I'm a, but I spell honey with like, like I spell it H-U-N-N-Y. And that's the only way I ever text him because that's like, that's how honey's cute to me. Honey, I, I would I would not do that. I don't like it like an I love Lucy, like 40-year-old couple, like, honey, I'm home. Like right. it's like like honey's like different to me. Hmm. Um, me and Age actually experimented with nicknames and he calls me Peach. And I think it's really cute. So then he called me Peach for a bit and then he wanted a nickname. Did you like, call him Luigi? <laughs> No, um, we, we thought we'll keep it like in the fruit basis. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think, yeah, we landed with plum. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. So I'm peach and he's plum. That's a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's lame. I haven't really called him plum a lot, but like he also calls me peach because peach emoji and booty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all connected. Yeah, it's all that about makes the booty. sense. That makes sense. Um, I'm just little old L or Lil L. How do you fight conflict resolution? Now this. Okay, I think the conflict resolution fucking- might be the most critical part of communication because every couple, even if you think you're fucking perfect and the sun shines out of your collective asses, you're gonna get into fights. And how you get through those fights is really like. I think that that sets the tone for whether you have long-term compatibility or not. Yeah. I think that there's a bunch of different like conflict resolution styles. Um, For me, I'm very, I'm very direct. I'm very head on when something happens in the moment. I like to address it. If you know, like, so for example, R and I were on the phone last night and he like took kind of a harsh tone with me because he was like, not feeling great. And he kind of snapped at me a little bit. And I like, in the moment I froze, but typically I'm like more direct and I'm like, listen, like, I don't like the way you just spoke to me. Like you need to do something about that. And like, that can't happen again going forward. And I think that that's like, that's important to me is being able to talk about conflicts and get them out of the way. And sometimes in a certain circumstance, I'll like be caught off guard and it'll be harder than, than usual. But typically like that's my conflict resu- resolution style. Um, I think that it's how diffi- is his resolution yeah. style. So I think that it's difficult when a direct person um, meets like more of an avoidant, like conflict resolution style. Yeah. So R just like, doesn't like to fight. So if we get into fights and it's really like, I think it really comes from who, like where the fights originating. So if we get into an argument because I'm upset about something that just happened, a lot of times he's a little avoidant of it where he's like, can we please not fight right now? And I'm like, well, one of us has our feelings hurt. And if we don't talk about it, we're bottling it up and it's going to come out later. So I would rather tackle each issue as it comes up and it doesn't have to be a fight, but we're going to talk through what just happened. And then that'll, you know, we work it out in real time and that's the end of it, as opposed to avoiding it, trying to just go on with having a good day and and sweeping it under the rug and pretending that nothing happened and then exploding on each other later. So we have been trying to like, I don't know, we've been trying to manage that like, difference in our conflict resolution styles and like it's taken time I mean we've been together for 
10 months now. Um, and we're still working on it. It's still a work in progress. And I think we've gotten a bit better and we've made strides, but it's something that I have to consistently remind him is that like, I'm never going to just pretend something just happened, like something didn't just happen so that we can continue having a good time because I can't have a good time until that thing has been resolved. Yeah, I'm I'm with you in like being direct. Um, I think my my like arguing style is very much like we're having a fight like. I'm obviously mad at you. Like, and H's is very much like, this is like us discussing. Like, I always, I hate it because it's almost like a therapist tone of like, like using therapy words as well, you know? Like, and it's like, no, like I can say things about things you've done that are shitty in a tone like this because I am mad at you. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't hide the fact that I'm mad at you. I can't put away all my feelings and have a respectful conversation with you because I'm mad and you're mad. So, like, things will get heated. And I think that's a lot of his complaints is that, like, when we're arguing, I'm too mean, but it's like – this is an argument in my eyes. Do you feel like you're trying to win the argument or like you're trying to get... Obviously. Well, but why? Because I'm usually right. Like, like I, I can see his point of view, but I also have to say what it's like to be at my point of view. Because like, no, neither is completely right. So like, I could also say, yeah, you are right about something. Like, we did have a a really big fight recently, which is, like, yesterday. And it was about me being, like, making too many jokes at his expense at, like, a dinner with my friends. And it was, like, two other friends. One of them I haven't seen in a while. One of them that he knows really well. And I've said things before to him, very similar vein with my friends. And he's always gone along with it and joked back. And it's very like, you know, gives back as much as he receives. Mm -hmm. But like at that day, he had a headache before. And I made sure he got aspirin before we went to dinner. But I didn't like check in on him on dinner because I was like, worried about entertaining my friends and catching up with them that like he just went from first priority to now third priority and he was upset about that and when we were having the argument he was saying how I should have done this and I should have done that to know that he was okay or checked in on him. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. But also like, you could have told me, you could have texted me like you could underneath the table. Cause he said like, you could text me like if asking if I was all right. And I was like, if you were really weren't all right, I feel like you would have told me, you know? And like, also, you know, like I'm in a social situation where I can't like do anything about that matter right now. Right. But also at the same time, what led to this even happening? Like, why were you even at that dinner? You know, like, and, I, and then we got into a whole bigger argument of, you know, him spending too much time with me and not enough time with his friends or like, you know, this, the imbalance socially in our relationship. And it was, my point was I couldn't just, I could have just been sorry. I was, you know, said too many jokes at your expense. I could have just left it like that. And he would have been happy and accepted that, but I wouldn't have been happy because at the end of the day, it's like, but, but what led to me doing that? Like, 
because I couldn't get my own space because I couldn't hang out with my friends and my own like couldn't get grabbed down with my own friends without so, making you f- or ma- thinking that I'm leaving you out or thinking that like you know you're home alone while I'm out with my friends because you have no alternative plans so it's like that pressure to have him there led to me inviting him somewhere he didn't really want to be this led to him being in a mood like it and it all like came from something more than that so you were making jokes at his expense because not you didn't more want so, him at that dinner no like no more than usual honestly okay like i don't think he was in the mood for he that. just wasn't in the mood to like roll with the punches right it was like because okay. when i'm that age i berated him for the whole night but he gave it right back to that's me. what i mean about him though like he is really quick-witted and really like clever and really like a good sport so I was surprised that he said that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the so the point I was making when I asked you that question about whether you're trying to win or if you're trying to compromise, I think that that's really important in conflict resolution styles, too, because I mean, and whenever, not whenever, but like a lot of times when R and I get into a fight, I have to ask him that question. I have to ask him, you know. Are you trying to see my point of view and compromise and meet me halfway and understand how I feel? Or are you trying to win this fight? Like what's more important to you right now? And I think that inherently when you're in a relationship and you have a significant other, you have to sometimes put your like personal pride and your like personal streak of being able to win a battle. You have to put that aside and you have to say to yourself, like what's more important to me right now? And I think that sometimes R against against his will has to realize that maybe what's more important is seeing my perspective. And that's usually when I force my perspective down his throat and have to explain to him, you know, you should be wanting to see my perspective right now and understand how I feel. No, it is really hard to see other people's perspective, though. I found it really difficult because... It is an argument. You do want to win at the end of the day. Somebody thinks that both people think they're ultimately more right than the other. And then you grew up with more like you grew up with like different backgrounds and different family relationships than this other person. Like you are close to your friends who you've known for years. Arguing with them is different because you kind of know where they're coming from. Where like, I don't think you know as well, like their arguing styles with like their family or their mom or their dad or their sister or their closest friends. Like, like I, I don't know. Like it's really telling. And I don't think you get that 360 maybe when you get into your first fight with your significant significant other. Yeah. Like you don't know their arguing styles. You don't know if this is normal for them or this is aggressive or this is just how they always are. H thought my style is really aggressive, but like that's just how I am. That's like how I argue with everyone. I'm not being more or less aggressive with him. So I think that's also like it's a it's an issue and I don't know really what to say besides like kind of reiterate what you said, Al, which is like, think about this is you're going to have to meet halfway, but both of you are going to have to compromise. And I really think going to bed angry is like the worst thing you could ever possibly do. Yeah, I agree. It's so funny because as I hear you talk, like you are so you and R are so on the same page. (laughs) Like you're so similar. Like R will 
be mean to me when we're having a fight about something or not be mean, but he will keep pushing his point to prove that he's right. And I'll have to remind him, like, you can be right. But if that leads to me feeling like shit and me not wanting to talk to you, who really wins? Right. Like you're in a relationship and sometimes you're going to need to have to put like the feelings of your significant other ahead of yourself because that's what this is. You don't always get to like come out on top and like be be the winner 100 percent of the time. No, it's true. If I, that's you know, if if what's important to you at the end of the day, like you need to compromise that with what's important to you, which should be, you know, the relationship, the relationship. Right. Exactly. I don't think everyone needs reminding of. Yeah, when absolutely. Having a fight. No, absolutely. Because we've like we've all grown up like in our own lives and under our own you know set of circumstances. And you've learned to cope with things a certain way. And you've learned, you know, how to get yourself out of trouble or prove a point or whatever. And so when you're doing that with someone, you, you fall back into your own way of doing that. And it takes time to build someone else into the equation to realize, okay, wait, do I really want to win this fight or do I want to like, just, you know, understand someone. Yeah. And that takes practice. Yeah. I mean, that's just something that takes fucking practice. It does. And you have to figure out if it's worth fighting yeah. for. Sometimes people aren't worth fighting for. Yeah. And I've like said some really mean shit to R in fights too. Yeah. And then I have to remind myself, okay, I could like, this is how I grew up with my brothers. And like, we can, you know, we'll, we'll get into a conflict about something. Then one of us will say something really nasty to the other and it'll upset the other person until the fight is over. And then we'll apologize after, but I can't pull that shit with R. I don't want to say things to him that hurt his feelings afterwards and that, you know, he'll, he'll still remember after the fight and feel like I feel some kind of way about him for. Yeah. So. I think for me, like, I don't really value words with much meaning. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, it matters more to me what people do than what they say. Yeah. So like things I say in an argument, I don't really like put too much weight on them because it's like really what I do every day and how I show up and like like that matters more mm -hmm. than like words you can say you love someone you can say I'm sorry does that mean you're sorry does it show that you love them no fuck no like so that's kind of what I mean by like words don't matter to me as much as actions so mm -hmm. yeah it's really about learning someone else's style um okay let's move on to the second topic yeah yeah, so domestic and living styles. I think that this is something that, if you're lucky, you um, can maybe push off till a little bit later in the relationship. But, you know, when you're living in a, a situation where you both have your own apartments and inevitably you're going to be at each other's apartments, sometimes you have to find this out earlier than you would like to. No, yeah, completely. And, yeah. like, things like washing the dishes and, like... Who does like the cooking? Like cooking uh, and cleaning. Honestly, those are the two key things for me. Those are my two biggest qualms. Honestly, I don't even want to talk about anything else domestic because no, those are like, my two biggest it. ones. No, like Until you live together, it's the cooking and the cleaning. And I'm sure even when you do live together, it's mostly the cooking, the cooking and, and the cleaning. cleaning. Right. Because like, I hate to like fall into the like landslide of the domestic partner of you know oh I'm doing all the cooking I'm doing all the cleaning I'm not your fucking mother I'm not your servant. 
like you're going to have to pull your weight. Yeah. And I think a lot of men go from mother's tit to their girlfriend's tit, <laughs> like one after the other, because like they're always being nurtured and especially mama's boys. Yeah. So absolutely. they've grown accustomed to like a female taking care of them. Yeah. And you're not their fucking caregiver. You're their equal and you're their girlfriend. Right. So I think a lot of guys need training in that aspect. And I think if you're a dude listening, you're like, what can I do? It's like, think what you can do to make this person's life easier mm-hmm. in like a very small way. Yeah. You know, is it, is it washing up the dishes if she cooked? Is it like, you know, helping her cook, helping her cook, asking is it, her when she's cooking dinner for the two of you? Hey, like, what can I help with? Right. Not is like it picking oh, up oh, groceries you, if yeah. she's cooking, paying like, money, like paying for yeah, food? Okay. Because fucking newsflash, like, it costs money to prepare a dinner for two. So someone needs to be, you know, both of you need to be chipping in in some way, whether it's in terms of like the labor. Or, like, the cost of actually picking up the groceries. Or ideally in both. Because it's not, you know, it's not cheap. And it's also not, like, a small amount of work to be done. No. Do you find, like, how how does that work when, like, you and H make dinner together? Um, So, in the beginning, it's a little bit more structured when you first date. Where, like, you're going over to each other's places. It's very traditional. And, like, whoever's hosting is doing all the cleaning and the cooking and whatever. Um, and th- but of course I offer and like, he always says no in the beginning. Um, and like, that's fine. But yeah, when you are spending multiple nights together and like having multiple meals together, it, and you're mainly at one person's apartment, it is like a cost thing as well. It's like, okay, like I'm paying for the coffee and I'm paying for the groceries and like, you know, that financial thing is in the back of like my head and I'm sure it's in the back of anyone's head who like is Is the main apartment yeah so I think you have to just be conscious of that sort of thing and know that it's a give and take and I've been honest with him about what he can do more but it's also we've gotten to fights where he has ADD and he's like listen I'm gonna forget things like I need you to tell me things right out and we had a big fight about this because I was like I'm not gonna tell you what to do every day I'm not gonna give you a fucking list every day your mother I'm not gonna tell you what your chores are and like long term like what do I gonna am I gonna have to tell you obvious things too like pick up the kids from fucking school Mm -hmm. like uh, where does this end like I I refused I was like that's a ridiculous request on my half and I'm really fucking selfish to put all of that on me like you need to feel some personal responsibility to something where it's not like someone needs to tell you what you need to do to not upset them it's like you feel like you have a stake in this and you're in an equal partnership and it's like what do I feel as a person I have the responsibility to do half of to make this equal yeah. And like, think, I mean, women are not just thinking about you doing the dishes and cleaning. They're also applying this to other a- aspects of seeing your future together. You know, like, is this person a good provider? Is this person going to be a good father? Does this person actually remember things? Is this person organized? Is this person a good partner in the home? Right. Like, so like, like this is a fucking trial period for the fucking future. Absolutely. So like, you should be taking these things seriously. And like, I also think <laughs> there's a scene in the breakup, that movie with Jennifer Anderson mm-hmm. and Vince Vaughn, um, 
Where Which, she asks him to get 12 lemons for the 12 lemon centerpiece. Oh my God. And he comes home with four. I don't know why. I was thinking about that scene last week. I was, okay, not that scene. I was thinking of the very opening scene where she's like, I want you to want to do the dishes. And I was like, yes. Like, and I've really been feeling for Jennifer Anderson recently because I was just like, to age, I was like, I want you to want to do the dishes. Yeah. I want you to want to make my life easier. Yes. And Vince Vaughn is like, who wants to do the dishes? Right. <laughs> Which is also fair. Someone's like, got to do them. Right. So when you're seeing that it's your significant other, the person that you love wholeheartedly that has to do them, then you want to do them because you want to help that person. Right. So R and I, we have this like weird rhythm with the cooking and cleaning routine. So when I'm at his apartment, R will not let me help with the prep of anything. We wake up on a Saturday morning and he's like, sit your butt on the couch and you relax. I'm making you breakfast. That's how age is too. I mean, right? It's a masculine thing where it's and like, it's, I'll take care of you because you're on cute. my turf. It's cute and it's sweet and it's chivalrous. Whatever. I get it. It was very, very cute for like the first few months. But now it's like, okay, we wake up the second my eyes open, I'm starving to death. Right. So I want breakfast in my mouth as soon as possible. I don't care if it's perfect. I don't care if I'm relaxed. I'm not relaxed unless I'm eating. So let me help you. And then after that, I'm happy to soak my dishes, help you load the dishwasher, what have you. But because R feels like he needs to do the whole process himself when we're at his place, then when we're at my place and I don't have a dishwasher, I'm doing everything, but it's a lot more work. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fucking, you know, breaking the eggs and, and, and whipping them up and doing this and doing that and toasting bread on the stove because I don't have a toaster. And like, I'm just, I'm doing everything, but... I honestly would prefer to have his help and I'd prefer to have him in the kitchen with me and be like, okay, well, you butter the toast while I crack the eggs and then you turn on the pan and, you know, help me. Yeah. Because like I just think Like, just be that, a good sous chef, you right? know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's cute the couple times around when you're, like, treating me and, like, we're acting like, you know, like, this is some new novel, cute morning routine experience. But it's, like, at a certain point, like, this is a partnership and we're equals. So... Don't sit your ass on the couch and scroll through Instagram while I sit here and slave over a hot stove yeah, by myself. Yeah, I, I hate help that. Help me. Like, we are together in this. Help me, and then I will help you clean up afterwards. And you know what? We can go have a great day after that because it will have taken us, like, you know, half the time. So how do you address this with H, then? Like, how would you boyfriend train him with, in that way? Um, I mean, sorry, R. With R? I was like, are we stopping boyfriends for a little bit? I thought I did that earlier. Um... No, so, I mean, I've told him before, I'm like, let me help you. And and time and time again, he's like, no, like, it's okay. Like, sit there. It's fine. And, like, we have, granted, we haven't spent, like, that many weekends together. And a lot of times over the summer, we were, like, back at, like, his house on Long Island. So, like, when we're there, like, he's doing most of everything. So, I mean, like, it's been all right just because we haven't, like, headed up my place that much. So, it hasn't been, like, aggravated. But, like, the last time we made breakfast at my place, I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I know you'd like to, like, sit there and do nothing. But, like, <laughs> I need your help right now. Right. Because I can't do all of this, like, at once. Especially yeah. if you want your food to all come out and be hot at the same time. It's not yeah. going to happen. No. Breakfast is hard to make at the same time. It is. Get coffee going, eggs, toast. Exactly. Eggs are very It's fickle. a lot. It's a lot. Eggs so, I... 
Like, I don't even care. I'm just like, you're going to do this right now. Like, you're not going to sit there and do nothing and watch me, like, make us iced coffee and, and do the French toast and do the eggs and, and set the fucking coffee table with all of our breakfast. Like, you're going to help me. Yeah. And I think that communicating and defining what your expectations are, yeah. again, even if it's yelling at him on a Saturday morning, <laughs> is how you tell him, like, what your needs are and what you envision as the right way to do things. Yeah. And I think it's good to note at this stage of the pod as well, that like a decent guy who's actually invested in being a better person, being a better partner is not going to come back at you with like aggression towards this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to want to change and do better and auto correct. Like, I think if they respond aggressively, it's not a great sign of, like, a potential partner. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, that's, like, them unwilling to change and yeah. being very rigid. Yeah. Like, it's understandable that you're, again, like, no one's born being boyfriend material, being the perfect guy. It's a learning process. And maybe they had a past relationship with a girl long term that taught them that. Maybe their mother was very much like, you got to do this stuff on your own because you're going to be living on your own. Maybe their mother was like... Oh, so no, I want to do everything don't for lift you. a finger. Right. So, like, it's really the way someone grew up and, like, that's the way they are right now. But that doesn't right. mean, like, that's their way forever. Yeah, boyfriends are not born. They're made. Right. And if you're not telling him what you want him to do, he's never going to learn. Right. So you have to fight that good fight. You have to tell him, this is the way that I think things are, are, are fair and that they're right. And, like, this is how I see things functioning and these are you know how i need things to be in a relationship and that's just having standards not, that's not you being controlling or crazy no. or demanding no and you know? need to also like take a good hard look in the mirror and if you're saying to him i need you to make breakfast every single morning while i sit on my ass and scroll through instagram and do nothing like maybe be real with yourself and realize that's not boyfriend training that's being a dick yeah but You know, if you think that you're like splitting the responsibilities for something in a fair and equal way, then, yeah, that's fair boyfriend training. Yeah. You don't want to do anything that is going to build resentment on your side or their side. Like letting like having them do something annoying and then not saying something is building resentment in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to come out in another different way. And it's going to be way worse. So it's like every like. Honest, like every couple has their own different like rhythm for how things work, their own balance of like how responsibilities work. And like maybe it is like the you cook and he cleans. Maybe it is like the he buys the groceries and you cook or whatever it is. But like you need to find a fair compromise that works for both of you. Yeah. That you both view as fair. Exactly. Someone's going to be resenting the other person. Yeah. And it's not going to be and cute. And it will come out in ugly other ways. Yeah. Uh, next. Okay. Let's move on. So. Third period. <laughs> Social. Ooh, I know. We're like hitting you with the yes. fucking lights. We're halfway through your morning. It's almost lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> so the third thing is social interactions. So with that friend and family interactions. Yeah. So it's like, it's so key. And if I can like give an example, if I think back to last fall when I was dating the quote unquote nice guy which some of you may remember was the guy that I literally, he was just like so basic and so average that all I could really describe him as was nice. Um, when it came out that he wasn't so nice was when he came to my housewarming party and brought his friends and was just like making fun of me all night, like all night, like 
every single comment out of his mouth was a joke at my expense. And eventually I had to like put him in his place in front of his friends and say, you're not going to talk to me like that. Yeah. Especially not in my apartment. Yeah. And um, I think that that's like, you know, that's kind of a worst case scenario, but like there is definitely like a big amount of like training that needs to be done. And like, you know, train like showing a significant other how you want to be treated and like I like I love like the the phrase like you know like you show other like you teach others like how to treat you yeah like because I think that that's like it's so true and if you're not telling people how you want to be treated then odds are you're not going to be treated that way yeah so be how have you experienced this with H um like I guess just the whole like social family friend interaction he's really with my friends and my family and that's like one of the reasons I really love him is because he has this like very like charismatic like social he can get along with like anyone sort of personality and that's not turned on always like that dinner example with my friends recently like he was not in the mood and that affected the way like you know I couldn't act normally because the way I acted normally and the jokes I usually made he wasn't did I tell the story? No, yeah, I did. You did, I did. You did okay. Did. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, me saying stuff like rubbed him the wrong way, which is me not reading into his body cues as well. Like, and I understand that. But, you know, someone's not always going to be in the same level as you. So, but I think in general, the social stuff has been really, really good. And, I never have to worry about him at like a party or how to act. And I think I've been really good with like his family and his mom and his sister who I've met and we get along really well. So like socially, like we're there, but I've definitely dated guys who are less um, outgoing and less keen to meet my friends Mm -hmm. and less excited and less interested and it definitely takes a fucking effect in the way your friends and your family view that person and that directly takes an effect of the way you view that person yeah because i mean yeah sure at the end of the day it's you two in a relationship but also everyone especially if you're close to your friends or your family their opinion matters to you yeah you know absolutely. some more to others some people don't care if ever all their friends hate their girlfriend but like to other people, it's just like a nice perk if your friends do get on with your significant other. I think, you know, in the beginning, you really have to, both of you really have to put the effort in to get these people on your side. And yeah. I think when it comes to meeting a new friend group and you're the new person, you're just going to have to try harder. Like you're like it, like H was at a party, one of the first parties I brought him to, and it was, like, all of my kind of high school friends and, like, a lot of tertiary people that I wasn't really friends with but knew. And he did a good job of, like, socializing, but, like, he also was, like, I feel kind of weird because there's a lot of new people here. And I was, like, I feel weird because I don't want to talk to half the people here either. And... Yeah, it it was, I don't know what the point is here, but like, I guess there's not always going to be a perfect social situation, yeah, but it's absolutely. also about making them feel comfortable and like, you know, if they need you to be with them, then be with them. But, you know, like. I th- yeah. And I think that that's so important too, is like, as you like throw your significant other, you know, even especially when the relationship is new into social situations, like being there for one another. And I think that you have a responsibility to them to like 
be there for them as well. Yeah. So like when R and I started dating, um, I met all of his friends like very quickly. So literally after our third date, I went to his Christmas party and like didn't, I I had no idea that it was going to be like a huge party. And so I literally met like 30 people in one night and I was like, who the fuck has this many friends in their late (laughs) twenties? But it was, yeah, it was a huge party and I met everyone and you know, part of it, I'm sure it was like a test from his perspective to see if I could like get along and socialize with his close friends. But at the same time, like I relied on him to be there for me and to not like leave me alone and to not, you know, like just put me in a weird situation or, you know, like the classic move of when you awkwardly are like with someone new and they're talking to, they, they like see a a friend of theirs and they say hi and they forget to introduce you. Like I was so nervous that was going to happen for the whole night and that I was going to be like awkwardly just silently trailing behind him, like, you know, unintroduced, but he was so good about like every time someone would walk up to him, he'd say his hello and he'd be like, this is L and introduce me. Yeah. And that I think is so like, it's such a two way street in, you know, you like, you know, you communicating well and with their friends that they're introducing you to, but them also like positioning you in a way that you can do that and that you feel comfortable and that you're not like thrown to the wolves. Yeah. And also like, don't be aloof. Don't think that people are going to have to come to you and talk to you because these people, they've known each other for years. They don't give a fuck about you. They, they really don't. So it's your job when you go in there to be interested in their lives. Yeah. So like, and this is goes with meeting new people in general or meeting a new friend group in general, you know, like you're going to have to try harder to be nicer. Right. Because they're looking at you like you could be here today and gone tomorrow. Exactly. So if you really want to make an impact, like, be yourself, but also like, don't just be like the silent significant other that's there saying nothing. I mean, you know, like, and if you're that, like, don't, don't expect that they'll take a genuine liking to you. Yeah. Um, other than just the fact that you were nice enough. Yeah. yeah. And like, whatever. I mean, like your relationship is your relationship. Like you're not there as like a, a party trick. You're not there to impress their friends necessarily. But you know, if that's like, if you, if you feel like you're, you've got a staying presence there and like, you feel like you're going to be part of that long-term, like you need to like make yourself known. Yeah. You make it just e- be a passive. Make it easier for your fucking self in the future. Yeah. Like Invest don't just be like the passive significant now. other who's just like hovering in the background. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think that takes us to our last and the most maybe exciting category. Ooh. So sex. Yeah. Sex ed. Here we go. Final period. Do we, do we have lunch already? This is after lunch. Um, We had lunch. Like as a, I mean, in the, in the course load of All right. today. Ding, ding, ding. Add like a bell effect. It's, it's lunchtime. All right. Don't add that work pressure on me. And we back. Okay. All right. Last period of the day. Sex ed. Woo. Here we go. First of all, wear a condom. (laughs) (laughs) Get an IUD. Yeah. Um, No. So actually, like sex, like training your significant other or someone that you're getting to sleep with is something that we've talked about time and time again. So many times. Yeah. Like getting to know 
a new partner's body and their sexual chemistry and what they like and what they don't is a whole goddamn science. And it's not something you're going to get through in one lesson. It's not something you might even get through in like a month. Like it's something that takes continuous discussion, continuous practice and like reforming and refining. Yeah. And like, I mean, me and H we're at like like three months now ish. We're I think we're on our third month. So yeah like we haven't obviously discovered every sexual part of each other yet and there's still things we want to try like we haven't really had the opportunity to role play i know we wanted to have like sex in a car outdoors we haven't done that yet so there's Mm -hmm. also the looking forward to doing things but also the fun act of like brainstorming and planning of things to do and like also the mutual like of us like looking at that like how to eat a girl out video yeah yeah you know things like that so I think it's it's like stages you know feel it out really like don't come out there with like handcuffs and like right, like your latex thong like se- second date here is my like sex dungeon right Welcome. right like you, you can be woke now. and you can be clear but also like some people are not woke and clear and you have to think about what their sexual experiences were before that really tells you just as much as their regular dating past their sexual right. dating past and if you're curious on how to find out about someone's sexual experiences wait for it Ask them. <laughs> I wish <wait laughs> might sound it. like groundbreaking material, but ask them. If someone is telling you that they're into kink, then they're probably into kink and that's a frontier you can explore. If they're telling you that they're interested in, you know, like BDSM or in role playing or in something or another, then that's something that you can explore. But if they're not telling you that they're into something, like I would say tread lightly and don't like, you know, don't like plunge a partner into the deep end with something that you've never talked about before. Yeah. And I think that that's a big part of it too, is like maybe sensing the other person's boundaries. Also asking what their very explicit boundaries are. Um, and just being mindful of those, like as you move forward, is there any like classic carryover moves that you found that most guys like? Um, I think most guys like, I think like the very, the very baseline like intro to any kind of kink for me at least is like a little bit of rough play a little bit of like hair pulling like scratching choking like that kind of stuff like that's the very like let's see let's put out some feelers and see how you feel about this is is like yeah. you know me maybe initiating me maybe asking them like I want you to pull my hair I want you to bite me I want you to like choke me or you know and and seeing how they respond to that yeah and if it seems like they feel weird about it like you know you pull back and then maybe afterwards you like postmortem that and you have the conversation and you say hey like was that weird for you like sorry if like you know sorry if that was like too forward like what are your thoughts and and talk about it and have like a conversation. Um, but I think, you know, in the moment, you don't want to like go all in, like in the throes and potentially like either push past someone's natural boundaries or like make them feel like they're going too far in a way that almost feels like if they do it, that they're just like performing. Yeah, no, totally. Um, <laughs> well, I think one of my first 
kind of moves I found out that guys like was with my first boyfriend and he really loved I think he, he might have even told me to do this was to like bite his earlobe he definitely told me mm-hmm. because I wouldn't have fucking naturally yeah, done yeah, that yeah. at 18 years old um but yeah like guys go fucking nuts over the androgynous like ear zone yeah yeah like and I love also like trying kind of like the tried and tested easy basic bitch stuff in bed and then a guy being like wow you're blowing my mind and it's yeah. like yeah I'm literally nibbling on your ear okay, I remember <laughs> yeah I remember when um my college boyfriend and I first started dating this was the summer after my freshman year he was a year older than me so like we're both you know in 18 19 and I remember we were like fooling around once and I started like massaging his ears with my fingers and he was like how do you know how to do that like that's so good oh my god that's what I mean I was like, like oh yeah babe moves. oh yeah this is blowing your mind <laughs> <laughs> that's it um I also but think yeah that it. kind of like sensory stuff and like if you like just remember that all the like the most nerves in the human body or like in the head, like they're in like the ears and the back of the neck and like the spinal cord and in that area. So whenever you're like putting pressure on those areas and like kind of massaging or rubbing or like maybe pinching a little bit or like anything like that, that's like more often than not, it's going to feel good. So try it and ask those guiding questions. Like, does this feel good? Do you like this? And yeah, you know, like you have to like, as you're pushing boundaries or feel like you're trying something new, you have to like communicate and you have to ask them and ask for like the affirmations of if they want you to continue. Yeah. You definitely should try to go into it. Like every guy is different. There is going to be some underlying things. Like all guys, like their balls a little bit being played with. Right. Maybe some like it, like really rough. Maybe some like it, like a gentle caress, but there's like, and then the ears as well. Right. But I think also like go into it as a new experience because they're all not going to be the same. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, uh, fuck what I was going to say. Not always going to be the same. What I was going to say is, gentlemen, this applies to you too. If you're going to try something new, like I can guarantee 90% of girls have had have had the unfortunate experience of having a guy try to shove your head down there. Oh my god. I was literally thinking of slipping in the ass. Yeah. Or <laughs> or like having them try to like drop their balls in your mouth or something like that. Like literally just because you think it's a baseline sexual act doesn't mean that it is. Like you need to ask questions. You need to like approach things slowly and you need to like be mindful that someone might not be comfortable with you're about to, with what you're about to do. So it's not like ask first and then ask for forget. Uh, sorry, do and then ask for forgiveness. It's like ask questions and like affirm along the way. Is this okay? Do you like this? Should I continue? Yeah, like bro, it's just like how to not rape someone one hundred and one. Yeah, literally. I think it's a little easier for women to do than men, but like men definitely need to check in. And yeah. a lot of guys I've been hooking up with recently, like before age, of course, like like they are more conscious about like that sort of thing when things get hot and heavy mm-hmm. to the point where like a guy asks me and I'm like, well, yeah, of course I'm topless on top of you. Of course I want to do this. Right, do this. Right. But like, I like that they've asked, you know, it gives Absolutely. me a reassurance that like, this is right, like a nice like check-in. A, a, a fucking human being who is understanding of the fact that not 
not everything is like a given yes until it's a screaming no. Yeah. And yeah, you can't like copy pasting from past sexual experiences does work for the most part in my experience. Um, What some most people like other people like too. So, okay. No, I think that that is true for the very, the very like basic realm of sex. Like, if you're getting into very okay and you know like I can't define everything as basic there's not a black and white but if you're getting into like BDSM kink anything like that you absolutely cannot copy and paste past experience but if you're talking no, about basic no. sensory no I'm talking about the same way every guy likes their dick being blown like yeah, 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 you yeah, know absolutely. like then that's that different. sort of right but basic. I just don't want to like generalize and have our listeners think well if someone's like kink then most of them like kink no not everyone likes getting peed on right relax on that kink right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> save that for a conversation Calm yourself <laughs> save that for a conversation but like yeah things like you know the androgynous zones and using that and like uh, also I think it's good to say like guys like being cuddled and held and they like being a little spoon and I think guys love being a little spoon and they're out here lying like they're, they're not lies the toxic like, masculinity <laughs> out there is preventing men from being little spoons or at least expressing it we know you all like it oh my god yes like men are such like <laughs> they really do just want to be held and like be coddled a lot um, and then, I mean, I found like all of the guys I like are like very much like that. But oh like, my god, my boyfriend hates me cuddling him. <laughs> he really does. Like if we're just like laying down to like watch TV or for a nap, like it's okay. But in the middle of the night, when I'm trying to like big spoon him and throw my leg over him and maybe just like lay directly on top of him as well and crush him with my body weight, he's not down for it. See, and like, right now, that's all I want to do because we're talking about it. I should have like known it was an indicator that age was bad at me the other night when um, I tried to cuddle him and I put my leg over him. He's like, turns around, I was like, I don't want to cuddle right now. And I was like, I thought like that's weird because you always want to cuddle. And then I was like, I was too tired, so I flipped over. I was like, okay, whatever. And then he comes out with a, yeah, what you said at dinner like wasn't cool. And I was like, okay, this is the root of it. You do want to cuddle with me. You're just mad at me. Yeah, so, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> you and age are very similar, I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, I cannot go to bed and cuddle with you when you've just done something to upset me. I didn't know me. I did anything. God damn, who signed you off? I'm just saying. H- but my- um, yes, men love love similar experience okay yeah they do yeah also don't be tied down to the fact that like oh i'm a girl and i need to be held and i need to be the small tiny thing like no men are like (laughs) men also need love and they also need need cuddles and they also need attention so yeah give them that um have we graduated i think Babies, you're ready for your diplomas. Oh like you have passed. Can well, I put the I mean, graduation song in here? Okay, listen. We don't know that you've passed, but you have sat through this four course seminar um, in you know how to how to train your dragon, as my mother would say, because <laughs> she saw that one preview for that movie once. Yeah, I hope this helps. Helped if you're in a new relationship and kind of going through all the motions of the like what happens because. I think a lot of this 
it's easy to say, oh, this isn't the right person. This is like being, this is too hard. Yes, absolutely. But maybe like, maybe you just have to, what's easy is breaking up. Yeah. You know, what's hard is actually putting the work in and trying to make things better. This is obviously to a degree, if you're not in a toxic relationship. You should not be, right. You shouldn't feel like the, the training and the work that needs to go into a relationship outweighs the good that you feel getting out of it. Um, but B, like, I feel like that's such like a, that's such an important point to make because we've talked about this before, but <laughs> Are you watching your train go by, I was watching two trains go by at the oh. same time oh, that and I thought cool. it was a reflection. No, that, and I was like, that doesn't happen. I that was often. like, what am I seeing right now? Is this train coming out of the other one? Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We've talked about this before about you know like even like especially in the age of dating apps it is so easy to say this one thing is a thing that I don't like so left swipe I'm gonna walk away from it or you know this date didn't go all that great or something didn't land perfectly so you know I'll just like chalk it up as a loss get back on the apps and dive right back in so I think that it's like it's very important to realize that no one is your cookie cutter soulmate. Like you will never meet a person who is perfectly in tune with everything you're thinking and everything you want to be told. And, you know, your sex and social and communication and uh, what was the fourth one? Domestic style. Yeah, that's you're, crazy. It's impossible. It's, it's impossible. Like, like fucking like get it out of your head. It's never going to happen. You will always have to put in some degree of work. Yeah. Um, what's important is to realize whether it's worth it for you with that individual and if it is then you know like fucking buckle down and get ready and get back to school and ready to you know ready to train them and that's that's up to you you know you decide I think you choose who you love you know and you decide who you want to put the work in for and on both parts right so and you and yeah it's not gonna be easy yeah it's not gonna be you want to and when you don't and if you're not in the place to invest that emotional energy like you know that yeah but if you are and the person seems worth it then like you'll have to accept that there are going to be hurdles along the way and that not every single one of those is cause for you know it is reason to just like scrap the whole thing and start from scratch because yeah. you're always going to have to do that no matter who it is it's true like basically we're telling you there's no perfect guy out there for you sorry yeah like no one's gonna be be or a perfect girl, guy if you're one of our money male listeners right it, like there is no perfect person out there for you maybe they're perfect in like a lot of ways but like when it comes to being relationship i think what we're saying is there's gonna have to be some learning curve on both of your parts and as long as you're both willing to put normal yeah as long as you're both willing to put the time and the effort in like that's really what matters at the end of the day yeah is finding someone who's like willing to go through those hurdles with you and come out on the other side of it better yeah Okay. 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 Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in again. <laughs> yes. As always, we appreciate the shit out of you. We love um, you so much. Yes. Oh, special shout out. Oh, my God. Special fucking shout out to our listener, S. S. S, we love you. We saw your DM. We're coming back to you. Yes. By the time you hear this, we'll have come back to you already with some feedback. Um, I've got some sex tips for you. This is L. 
speaking on how I came from penetration recently. Yes, <laughs> I'm coming back at you with it. Yes, we. S has been like day one almost listener yeah. she bought our t-shirts she's like a oh great one or fan she also like lives in this city like we love to a see new our new dater. york fan base showing up for yes. us we always we talk shit about our new york fan base but listen new york show up number one fan we got you s we love her yeah um so yeah shout out to our new york fan this week on the pod yes All um, right, guys and that's to our general fans DMs are open on Twitter and Instagram. Come at us with your questions. And we're going to continue recording. We have some new guests lined up and we're ready for fall. We're not going to cover cuffing season again. If you want to talk about cuffing season. Oh my God. Go back to last year. Go back. Review that timeless material. It's truly timeless. It's here. Cuffing season is upon you. I'm not going to throw it out like other podcasters are probably going to throw out like every every single year it's like okay it's cuffing season time to make a cuffing no, season no i'm episode. sorry that was We're a done. timeless message it's out there it's been put out into the universe please utilize it go back to cuffing season go back um refer that we'll have still a little apply. better newer different content yeah, all right yeah. cuffing season whatever we're done with it's that it's been done it's done it's done we covered it all right and on that note you guys know where to find us now girlfriendspodcast.com um links to our twitter facebook instagram everything else our patreon everything is on there slide in our dms um and keep listening this season as you know we are bi-weekly so check in for your next fix two weeks from now we will be back okay all right bye bye